eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined as always by Gabby Urrutia. We're going to do a, a quick kind of check-in pod here uh, with the barbecue uh, for recruits uh, being held on Saturday. Quite frankly, we've been asked by Miami to not talk too much about it. So we're going to do a little bit of an awkward dance here as, as we kind of just talk about maybe a handful of the names that we expect to be in attendance at the barbecue, but this is a, um, you know, Miami's approaching this weekend with some top secret, uh, I don't know, a mentality of keeping things quiet because they are competing with everyone else around the country uh, to get top prospects on their campus this weekend. It's the last time prospects can visit a college campus until what gabby september yeah it's it's down the road i don't think i think all of august is is closed so i think it might be until september like official visits in season all that type of stuff so a nice little break in the calendar after this week so it's you know follow the visits is one of the mantras of recruiting and uh it'll be important to see who shows up in coral gables this weekend uh so let's transition into that talk, Gabby. And one guy we do know about, he might be the headliner of the weekend. Uh, that is wide receiver Jurion Dickey. We, we've discussed him a little bit in the podcast uh, in the past because he was down in South Florida, what, early summer, I think. Yeah. Uh, because he was participating on the local Miami Immortals 7-on-7 seven seven team. Uh, he is committed to Oregon. He is from the state of California, uh, and he's also a big time prospect. He's six foot three, two hundred ten pounds, twenty 
24-7 Sports, Gabby, um, made him a five-star in their recent update. They So we as a company have him as the number 14 overall player in the country. The composite, which is the average across all the recruiting services, has him as the number 50 overall player in the country. Very productive player, caught 78 passes for 1,300 yards and 19 touchdowns as a junior. Also plays some safety. He has a verified 40 time at 4.58, and he has posted a 37-inch vertical. Again, he is committed to Oregon. Um, so, Gabby, uh, what should Miami fans know about this situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty big deal that that Dickey's going to be down in South Florida. Uh, again, I think he's he's joined by his family. You know, they're definitely using the the, you know, I guess, latter part of the week, you know, as we're recording this podcast, I believe that Dickie and his family are already down in Miami, uh, might be out on a little fishing trip or something like that. Uh, Dickie's a huge fisherman. I know, I think that's something we've talked about on this podcast before. That's his biggest off-field hobby is, uh, you know, catching fish. So I think it was a cool opportunity for his family to come down. And yeah, you know, while he's in South Florida, you know, I definitely expect him to swing by campus if that's Saturday for the cookout or, you know, at some other point or potentially, swings by campus a couple times. times. Uh, regardless, I probably expect him to be in Coral Gables at some point and his family is with him. So I think that's a pretty big deal. And again, yeah, he was, he was there. I think it was like the second week, week of June that that OT seven Las Vegas tournament um, okay. was held and he was down kind of got a tour of campus. So getting back, always a big deal. And uh, you know, kind of got to see what Mario Cristobal and the staff are able to work there. Is it fair to say he has a pretty good relationship with quarterback commit Jaden Rashada, seeing as they played on the same seven on team. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I definitely think so. And, uh, you know, that's not that Dickie wasn't already a, a pretty big name in, in recruiting circles, but I think after that, that OT seven tournament, he came out as one of the alphas of, of that group alongside, you know, multiple, multiple blue chip prospects. Some of the best in the country were out there. And, and Dickie, I think separated himself from the pack a little bit, especially at wide receiver and, you know, got a, a well-deserved bump. So, uh, you know, I think, and of course, Jaden Rashada was his quarterback for that tournament where Dickie was able to make that stride nationally. You know, I think a couple of services ended up giving him huge bumps. So, um, you know, it's, it's a connection that they, that, you know, that maybe just works, you know, and, uh, you know, I know they've definitely been able to develop a relationship and, uh, it sounds like, uh, again, well, I guess Oregon has Dante Moore on on, uh, on the boat right. and all that stuff. So he does have himself a, a good signal caller up in Eugene. But uh, if him and Jaden Rashada have some chemistry, it might be worth exploring for him. From a Miami perspective, um, am I reading too much into this in terms of is Miami maybe pivoting? Like, I feel like we bring up Hakeem Williams quite often, even though... Uh, He's not really like from his side of things, he doesn't seem to have that much interest in Miami. Just if you read the tea leaves, uh, I know you've said in recent podcasts that Miami was gearing up to prop to potentially make another push for him. Um, could this be a signal that maybe Miami's going to pivot to a guy that is similar big body type of receiver? Um, very highly ranked, very highly thought of as well. Um, and what do you make of that? Do you like that they would be doing that? Um, or should they, 
I guess I'm asking, is it, do you think it's like one or the other, or, or is this, is this Miami, like not standing pat waiting around for the big time local receiver? How do you view that dynamic? Yeah, probably, probably the latter. I think it's probably them just being proactive, right? Again, I think there's maybe a, I don't know how wide of a window or how open of a window, but I think there is a window here where you can kind of get Jerry and Dickey on campus. I'd be like, Hey, you know, here's what we have to offer. You've been here before again, the quarterback situation. So I'm not, I, I don't think this is them saying, all right, we're probably not getting Hakeem. Let's make a run here. I think it's just kind of like, let's see what we can kind of make happen here. And if we could pull this off, you know, and I, I'm sure they would love to take maybe a Jerry and Dickey and Hakeem, you know, if they can make it happen. Sure. I don't think that they're selecting Jerry and Dickey over Hakeem or like, all right, we don't have the traction we want with Hakeem. So let's go get Jerry and Dickey. I think it's, Hey, Jerry and Dickey's out there. Um, you know, he seems to be maybe reciprocating interest. I don't know that for sure. Cause I haven't spoken with Dickey, but again, he is coming down and he's doing all of this. So, I mean, that's, that's reciprocated interest. If you, if, if you're asking me again, just from the outside looking in. Um, so I think that they're just kind of, you know, seeing what happens here. I think Mario Cristobal's had a lot of success, especially recruiting out West, uh, recruiting nationally, really. They're on a nice little run. I mean, I think, uh, again, I think that they've kind of maybe just found a groove in this recruitment or just found a place where they can be like, all right, let's let's explore all of these options. And I think, uh, you know, Jerry and Dickey definitely falls into that realm of receivers you probably want to pursue, right? And uh, yeah. if you feel like you can, you know, connect some dots and make some things work out, I think it's definitely worth pursuing, even if the result is, hey, you know, he decides to stay at Oregon, which is probably the more likely result of this right now. Right. He's saying all the right things about the Ducks and that sure. program and all that stuff. So just kind of got to wait and see how this plays out. But uh, I mean, we've seen Mario Cristobal work, man, not putting anything past him right now. Yeah, this is why I mean, this is in a big picture sense. This is why Ma Mario's going to get Miami right from a talent perspective, you know. I think he's always going to show love to South Florida, but if South Florida isn't going to love you back, then the bottom line is you got to go out and get talent, right? So like if we're just in the, in the prism of uh, Hakeem and, and Jurion, right? Hakeem is at FSU this weekend. Uh, he didn't really visit Miami this summer at all. And quite frankly, it seems like Texas A&M, Georgia, Pittsburgh, and Florida State are the schools he is more interested in at this point. And so Mario's not going to stand pat and waste time if South Florida players aren't going to show any love back. So I would prefer it if the local studs stayed local. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you know, it's more important to, to land studs no matter where they are from. So we'll see, they're going to take a swing at, at Jerry on Dickey. I'm curious, Gabby, just from like a player talent ability standpoint, do you have a preference between the two players? I mean, we're splitting hairs. They're both excellent players. Um, you know, I think you and I both have the same mindset of Ty goes to the South Florida guy. Right. Um, so we're kind of biased in that. Um, but how would you just compare those two players just from watching their highlights? Yeah, I mean, watching their highlights, I mean, I'd probably give the nod to um, to Jerry and Dickey just because I feel like he's he might be in a better situation. I mean, Hakeem, I mean, just of course, I mean, I think his his tape is, is awesome. And I think he does some pretty unreal things, especially when he kind of gets on the edge. And we saw him do yeah. that a little bit in the spring. But Jerry and Dickey's like re returning kicks. He's like playing safety. He's doing like a bunch of different things out there. And, you know, maybe that's a, you know, Hakeem Williams doesn't have the best quarterback situation. So, you know, if he did, I'm interested to see what that would be like. But I also at the same time, like 
watching Hakeem Williams play, and this isn't a knock on him or anything like that. But again, I think sometimes it's it's kind of like tough to even get him the ball because of everything else. Like I watched him against Killian in a playoff game. And, you know, he had like three catches because they were just getting torched up front. You know, there wasn't even time. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's safer to maybe evaluate Jurian Dickey based on what he's done on Friday nights. While, but with Hakeem, you look at him and he's six foot three, you know, probably pushing 200 pounds. He has that, you know, 22 point, what is it like four or five mile per hour uh, thing on his on his resume with that catapult technology and all that so it's hard to ignore all that stuff but again if I'm just watching the tape I think I would probably lean Jerry and Dickey but again if you can keep these South Florida guys home David I mean I know we've got some crazy comps for for Hakeem Williams too and what he could be if he kind of puts it all together so not saying that as a knock on him I just think uh you know what Jerry and Dickey can do is pretty special too and he's yeah he's definitely proven it on tape I think athletically, Hakeem might have a little more juice to him, just in terms yeah. of like uh, top end speed and acceleration ability. Um, but so I guess the way I would characterize it is I think Jurian, and again, both players are very, very good. I would say Jurian might be more safe. So like his floor might be a little higher, but I think Hakeem's ceiling is higher um, because of that athleticism. And maybe this is weird, a weird way to phrase it too, but I just feel like I feel like Jurion might be just the better football player, if that makes sense. Just like yeah. he's more polished at this stage. Um, whereas Haikib, he's a he's a big time football player too, but like he still um has more polishing up to do in his game. And there's a little bit more of a projection element with Haikib, which I, I, I think the guy's a freak. I think he's big time. So I'm not right. talking down on him for that, but, um, they're, they're, they're very good physical, big bodied receiver prospects. Um, but like any other two players that you want to compare across the country, they, they do have their differences and, um, we'll see if Miami can make a move here with the Oregon commit. Um, another guy I, I want to touch on here that, that I, I guess the best the best way to characterize it, Gabby, is a maybe for the barbecue. Um, that is IMG Academy defensive end Samuel Mpemba. Um, tell us what the situation is there. He's a so right now he's in that five star range on the composite five star range uh, for us at twenty four seven. Probably going to take his time with his recruitment, but would be a good sign if Miami could get him on campus this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember talking to him at the future 50 on that. I guess that's that afternoon session when he kind of just popped in with a couple of his other teammates, you know, asked him. And I know he was debating getting to both to either Florida or Miami, um, you know, kind of I think it kind of got to the point where he well, he tweeted out he's going to be at Friday Night Lights. But again, that's on Friday. What Miami's doing is on Saturday. So theoretically could get to both. Um, he did tweet out that he planned on being at Miami on Saturday, quickly deleted it. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe Samuel, again, I think that's a good way to put it. I think Samuel Mpemba is a, a hard maybe. If he does get down uh, to Coral Gables, it would be his third time there, uh, you know, kind of since spring ball started. So I think that would be a pretty big deal for, for Miami to get him back. And then, uh, you know, I think we we expect plenty of commits to be in attendance too. And, and I know, like, once guys commit, we kind of stop caring a little bit about their recruitments, but... I think, <laughs> I think these events are big for that, right? Cause right. it, 
it's important to solidify these commitments because quite frankly, they don't really mean much um, in July. They, they, they're only real when they sign in December or February. So who are some of the commits that, that you expect to be in attendance? Yeah, um, I, I, Jaden Rashada is going to be here for the barbecue. I think that's a really big deal, again, especially with some of these other guys. I mean, we're talking about Jerry and Dickey. I think that's a huge deal for Jaden Rashada and him to link back up. Uh, Francis Mauigo, the five-star, you know, highest-rated player in the class. You know, he's been saying that he's going to be down in South Florida. I expect him to be down. Um, Nathaniel Joseph is another commit who I expect to be um, at the cookout. Uh, Robbie and Bobby Washington are a couple others as well. Frankie mm-hmm. Tinelau is another one where I know he's back down in Miami officially. He's a he's already practicing with LaSalle. Um, I would I would I would be I mean I would expect that he would be there too. I don't know that for sure, but uh, I would assume that he's going to be at the cookout. Um, and then Antoine Jackson's the 2024 you know top two four seven uh, defensive back out of out of Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Dillard. Uh, that Miami was able to flip from Georgia. He's going to be there too. So, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of guys committed to the program, probably, you know, with helping Mario Cristobal, those guys, uh, you know, work on some of those uncommitted uh, prospects who who will be there. How about other 2024s that are notable worth highlighting real quick? Yeah, I think some of the more notable ones, um, you know, Ryan Wingo is a five-star receiver out of St. Louis, um, St. Louis, Missouri. He's going to be down for, he's going to be down there on Saturday. Uh, talk to him about that. that that's all set in stone. Uh, Zaquan Patterson's a five-star safety out of uh, Hollywood Shamanad Madonna. He told me he's going to be there at Miami on Saturday. And uh, another name that, you know, pretty intriguing name that I think could potentially show up is uh, Jimothy Lewis, who's a, a 2024 offensive tackle over at, at IMG Academy as well. And, uh, you know, Miami's obviously done some good work there. And, uh, you know, I think Jimothy, Jimothy Lewis, he's, I think he believe he's the number one ranked tackle on tw- for, for 24 seven sports uh, in that 2024 class right now. I believe he's number, I think he's, I believe he's top five in the composite, but um, you know, he's a, he's a big kid too. And uh, Miami's been working him. And I think that there's a chance that, that he gets down there as well, David, hopefully tomorrow we will get some confirmation on that when we're over at IMG for media days. So yeah, let's um, let's take a break there. We'll see who else decides to pop in at the barbecue slash pool party um, for Miami this weekend. Uh, let's take a break, Gabby, and then on the other side, we can get into some of the preseason ACC picks by the media who was at the ACC kickoff. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. 
Gabby, I thought, uh, you know, I think we probably should have expected it. I, I know I wasn't like surprised, but the uh, ACC media voted Miami to win the Coastal Division. They had 98 first place votes. Pittsburgh, second in the Coastal with 38 first place votes. Uh, North Carolina, third with 18 first place votes. Interesting to me, Gabby, is is the random teams that get first place votes in, in all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, Georgia Tech picking up Oof. a first place vote. So I would love to know who voted the Yeah, I was to say I feel like if if you if you I feel like if you make that move, you need to go on record and say, I voted for Georgia Tech to win the coastal. Like I feel like you need it should be a requirement if you're gonna be that outlier. Like you just gotta like own it and just be that guy. Yeah. I maybe just know. so they maybe just so they don't invite you the next year. So what do you make of that? Just the coastal division. Was there any surprises? Whether it's like the order because they it goes North Carolina third, Virginia fourth, Virginia Tech fifth, uh, Georgia Tech then Duke. So I think that's a fair order. I mean, I think that the hardest thing to figure out might be Virginia versus Virginia Tech. I think that's a close one for that four or five spot, but. Overall, I think that voting um, kind of the way it should have expected and been expected. And, you know, Miami, once again, voted to win the Coastal. So we'll see if they can actually do it this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think it's pretty cool. That Miami got voted in. I mean, again, just that Coastal chaos tells me like Miami being <laughs> voted as a preseason favorite. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's been like, that's been like the kiss of death in, in, in a lot of years in the coastal. Like when was the last time a preseason favorite in the coastal actually won the coastal? I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that, David. I'm not sure if you do either. So, so um, yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but in 2017, Miami was voted first and they ended up winning it. That's of course the only time they've won the coastal, but they've, they've been voted first and to preseason coastal one, two, three, four, five times, I believe. So, you know, not the best hit rate. Um, Last year, Miami was predicted to be second. And uh, as poor of a season it was, they they actually did did finish second. So, um, you know, I do think, though, it's fair to expect this to be a Miami and Pittsburgh battle, which was reflected in those votes. Atlantic Division, um, Clemson received 111 first place votes there, picked to win the Atlantic, followed by NC State with 44 first place votes. Then it goes Wake Forest, Louisville, Florida State, Boston College, and Syracuse. Interestingly, again, when you look at the first place votes, Florida State got two first place votes. And they got two votes to be the overall champion. Wow. I didn't see that part. Interesting. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, how I view the ACC is really probably a two-team race in the Coastal, probably a two-team race in the Atlantic. Like, I think there's four real, I think there's four teams that like legitimately have a chance to come out of either side of the division. Um, again, I mean, I think NC State, I think if NC State was in the Coastal, I, I mean, it would yeah. be interesting to see where they would rank 
Uh, you know, I think that there's a well, chance that they might have been voted along those people. lines. So NC State, so they also have you vote for overall champion. Yeah. So NC State has oh, the yeah. second most for overall champion. So I think, and I don't think it's unfair necessarily, but I do think generally people view NC State higher than Miami going into this year. It's just NC State's in a much tougher division. The Atlantic division's much tougher than the Coastal this year. Yeah, no, and I think NC State's a good program, but, you know, again, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of cool with the order uh, regardless. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could have the Virginia, Virginia Tech conversation. Um, you know, again, North Carolina kind of cranking in a new quarterback, kind of got to wait and see how that goes for them to finish third. But, I mean, I honestly don't, wouldn't push back on much other than Florida State maybe getting two votes to win the conference um, and two first-place votes in the Atlantic. I mean, I mean, and then, of course, the random votes, like Boston College getting one, Georgia Tech getting one, three people picking Virginia Tech to win the Coastal. Like outside of that stuff, honestly, I I would probably agree with with the order of how everything shook out. What do you make of like Florida State is fifth? What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean it's kind of crazy, right? But it's just like I mean, are they going to be better than Louisville? Like that's I don't the know. Big, yeah, that's the debate. I yeah, personally like, think they will be, but I think it's very tight. I don't know. Didn't Louisville I mean, like it's a Louisville smoked them last year though? Didn't Malik Cunningham like go off on them? Was that a couple years ago? I mean, they. I forget how that game ended up. I. That's how the game started. But did they actually end up winning that game? Um. No, Louisville won thirty-one twenty-three. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you know, look, I. That's the the margin between those four and five teams. Uh, isn't going to be wide, but. Right. I think either order there would be fine. Like if Florida state was ahead of Louisville, I wouldn't push back on that, but I mean, I could see a situation where Louisville is better, especially just kind of return yeah. quarterback and, and all that stuff too. And Florida state has to crank in some new stuff too. They're losing a top pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson. I feel like if they, I feel like replacing that production is a big deal. I think Miami saw that last year, you know, when you lost yeah. uh, Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, I think when you don't have that, I think it's notable, noticeable. I do think so. I trust Florida State's defense more than Louisville's. I trust Louisville's offense more than Florida yeah. State's. So That's we'll fair. see. But the pass rush, here's my feeling on Florida State's defense. If they do find a pass rush, which I think is a big question mark for them this year, I think their defense could potentially be pretty good. I, I think they have everything else. And like their D tackle situation's good. They've improved their back seven a lot. Um, so I think they have everything else on the defense, but that edge rush is, is a big deal. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of production to replace there from last year. How about the first team preseason? So in the preseason, uh, media only votes for the first team, uh, or they only account for one team in the preseason, the hurricanes, I believe had three guys, um, voted first team being uh, Will Mallory, tight end, Zion Nelson, offensive tackle, and punter Lou Headley. What do you feel like? Like, I don't know if there's like a huge gripe from a Miami perspective, but I think it's fair to have maybe a few conversations. Is there anyone that was left off this first team off the top of your head, Gabby, that you feel like should be on there? I don't know. I mean... Just, I mean, again, I, I didn't really, ha- I didn't really push back a ton, honestly. Like, 
I don't know, should Tyreek Stevenson maybe have gotten a look? I think maybe. I think um, so. Yeah, I think Tyreek Stevenson is probably the one that jumps out the most. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, I think if you're projecting, I think maybe like uh, someone trying to maybe look smart long term, you know, would have maybe voted in like a James Williams type. Like, I think he's someone that could maybe be, yeah. you know, one of the best, but the you better get safeties. Why he wasn't? Yeah, yeah no, of course. I, I think Tyreek Stevenson might be the only one. I was honestly, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was pretty surprised to see Will Mallory as the first team tight end. And maybe I don't have a great understanding of like the the tight end landscaping in right. the ACC. But I mean, I feel like Will Mallory didn't have like, I guess he had a good back half of the year. But I mean, I don't know. I was kind of surprised to see Will Mallory get the nod. As well, the tight ends, tight end. like most teams don't have good tight ends, right? So that's yeah. number one. Number two, yeah, the rest of the conference doesn't really have a known t- commodity at tight end. So that is Will Mallory, quite frankly, in the yeah. in the ACC going into this and, year. I, and, I I think Louisville has a decent tight end off the yeah. top of my head. Um, but yeah, Tyreek Stevenson, I mean, this is like getting in the weeds of cornerback talk. But like, if you look at the real stats that matter, Tyreek should be on the first team. I mean, you look at, so Keytrail Clark, uh, is a Louisville corner. Uh, he had the most votes at corner for this preseason all ACC team. And he, uh, so last year he only played eight games. He gave up 330 yards, five touchdowns. Um, that's, that's not good. So by contrast, Stevenson played 11 games, 228 yards, two touchdowns. Now I think what's happening there is uh, they're just, you know, media is just looking at the uh, interception number. So mm-hmm. Keytrail Clark had three interceptions. Um, but, you know, in terms of like actual solid, consistent cornerback play, Tyreek Stevenson was better than him. So, yeah. and I get it, like Tyreek, it's not necessarily pretty, what, what, you know, how Tyreek plays corner, um, but it is effective. So, I think that's a fair gripe. I think DJ Scaife is a, I get it. Like I'm not sitting here pounding the table. Honestly, they have in their ballots, they had Scaife at guard. So I know he's going to play tackle for Miami most likely this year. Um, I think there's a conversation to be had there potentially. Um, Am I super passionate about it? No. Yeah. And then Tyler Van Dyke, you know, Tyler is the other one. Um. People love them some Devin Leary though. They really well, do. Well, that's the thing. Well, where is where where is the majority of the media from? Right. In North, you know, North Carolina. Where was ACC Media Days North Carolina? And then um, the two North Carolina quarterbacks got for one and were one and two in the player of the year uh voting. So personally, like if you're making me pick of those two, I go Hartman. Right. Because he's probably gonna put up like the bigger numbers. He's going to put up the bigger numbers. I think he has to do more, um, you know, because that wake that wake defense isn't as good as the NC State defense. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, like I think Brennan Armstrong is as good as those North Carolina quarterbacks. Um, right. So I mean, look at the end of the day, preseason is whatever. For sure. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Tyler ends up being the. Uh, end of season first team quarterback another another thing i noticed on the preseason team through i guess three south florida guys that don't play for the hurricanes are on the first team list so tell uh, me who they are zay uh, zay flowers boston college uh at perry who's at wake forest who's from palm beach 
and then Kalaja Kansi, who's at Pitt. Right, right. And uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess it doesn't really count, but the Habakkuk Baldonado at Pitt, he played at Clearwater Academy International over in right. the Tampa area. So again, uh, I think he's a guy that probably wouldn't have flown so under the radar in uh, maybe today's recruiting world because I think he has a lot of freaky traits and stuff like that too. So he was class of 2018 kid. I bet you he, that would have been like an Andrew Ivan snipe for sure. That Habakkuk Maldonado guy. So <laughs> it is was- interesting. Like the, those South Florida guys, like you get it from a Miami perspective in terms of like why they weren't recruited. Cause they, they were kind of more developmental guys, more projection guys. Um, but it is tough seeing like two wide receivers from the South Florida area. Um, you know, balling out at Boston College and Wake Forest, that hurts. And then Kalijah Cansey, um, who Miami did honestly flirt with. Um, they just never quite pulled the trigger because he is like a six foot, 270 pound defensive tackle. But man, and I know you shouldn't necessarily recruit this way, but if Charlie Partridge, uh, is hot yeah. on the trail of a defensive tackle. Like you should maybe, just follow suit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just, you know, jump on board with that. Cause he is, he's a beast uh, in terms of a pass rushing defensive tackle. So uh, let's cut it off there. Like I said, just a quick little podcast today. Um, we will have you covered through this weekend. And uh, we are about one week away from the start of fall camp. So, football is right around the corner i can feel it i already see all this talk well florida state has started their camp so that's cool you see nfl training camp starting football is back football's so back i'm here for it so love it till next time everyone take care the wait is over the Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.